0: Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people.
1: We, the people, cannot stand back.
0: All right, we're back. (laughs) We're back. Corey's confused. We had had an interesting. We forgot how to do this. He, of course, is Corey Walsh, and he is Dan Griffin. We had a hellacious week last week. Dan Corey's car broke down. Yeah. So for all of
2: our listeners in Florida, (laughs) um, don't drive your car in water. Uh, We. Didn't have a category five hurricane here in Michigan, and there was a big puddle by work that I tried to avoid. Hit it, and the ultimate uh, result of that was me chasing fucking computer codes with a scanner all week long, from the accelerator possession or accelerator position throttle sensor to the throttle body sensor, to having to clean out the PCIM, to having to clean out a muffler. Not worth it, boys. <laughs> Stay out of the puddles with the car
0: <laughs> That's my
2: PSA for the week Especially for the people in Florida Who are dealing with a hell of a lot more water than I am right
0: now We couldn't even I can't even remember We couldn't even get together for like our Tuesday meeting last week I can't even remember why I think that was my fault
2: um, Yeah, you had something to do with work yeah. And then I was like, well, it <laughs> works out for me Because I'm going to be under the hood of my car <laughs> And then, yeah one things snowballed into each other I started my second class for college that week it was hell. Mm. It was hell, Dan. But the old car's back on the road. It's running,
0: and we uh, we hope you enjoyed the rerun of our interview with Tristan Taylor from Detroit. We'll Real Bre- Real breathe. That was yeah. That's uh, a good conversation. Good, good conversation. If you maybe, go yeah, back so and listen if you were listening to it for, for the first time or or re-listening to it. Uh, we had a good time with with Tristan that night. Lots of good uh, good conversations. Some some agreements. Some disagreements. But that's that's what this show. Uh, is supposed to be about so uh we're gonna do a little bit of like well, rapid fire housekeeping but i'm sure you want to like talk about what we're drinking first eh?
2: well first i was gonna say libservative podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms our website is podpage.com slash observative we can be found at libservative on facebook youtube and twitch instagram and twitter at libservative pod you can find our transcripts at com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libsertive Podcast, and you can reach out directly at LibsertivePod at gmail.com.
0: He's got a subscribe. great
2: memory, yeah, this guy. subscribe. One call to action. I'm not going to give you a bunch. Subscribe. To uh, the- just sit down, please. Really like a tell a friend. How about that? I right, will. Well, I'll sit down. I am sitting, damn it.
0: What are you drinking, Dan? Uh, I'm drinking the, uh, what is it? Uh, I'm, I'm having a brain fart on it. The Angel's Envy, the uh, the rye.
2: Oh, Okay.
0: Okay. Forget, I forget what it's called. I, I I forget. Like I haven't drank this in a while, and I and I I put it to my lips right before the show started. And I was like, I, I I forget about like that, that like mapleyness that it has to it. It's got like a I don't know. It's it's interesting.
2: I am drinking some of Blake's hard ciders, American Apple Imperial. Mm. It is not a sponsor, but they just recently came out with this one, so I started. Taking little nips from it here and there. No, but if we had a, sh- if
0: we if we had a and- shot at a sponsor, Blake's might be uh, up there on the list.
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. Local local craft brewer. I'll drink ciders on the show every time if they want to send them my way. Yeah, that's good. And then I got some uh, Third Wind bourbon from Bay City, Michigan. This is all actually. I'm drinking all local, all local shit. Damn! Look at, Look at me.
0: Look at you. You are. Look at me. Would you just
2: fucking look at me? <laughs> local
0: favorite, being
2: all local and shit.
0: Now we haven't we made a? Uh, oh a, man! A, a oh prom- that's so that's another th- a promise to slow down the cursing.
2: Yes. So <laughs> I already have to take. Well, actually, I don't have to drink yet, right? Until we make the rule.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's the what fuck?
2: Pissed. Shit. Damn hell. <laughs> cunt. Me and. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is- an episode of South. Dan but- and
2: I starting now, I guess, we decided to play a little game on the show that we had to drink if we swear. So we wanted to see how drunk we were gonna
0: first get. we have to set the parameters. Like what constitutes swearing? Like I don't think I don't think asses and pisses are swearing. I'm thinking like FS and anything off color about female anatomy. What about male anatomy? Uh yeah. Okay. The D word, you know, dong. I'll put that put that one in there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can't could, say dong.
0: Put that in there. And, but yeah, uh,
2: Dan and I decided. I don't know. I just thought it'd be funny that if me and have, him play drink, if you swear, just to see where it takes the show. Uh, so
0: that's the plan for tonight, right? It's gonna be yeah. It's gonna. I'm I'm gonna have a sore morning tomorrow. A, you want to uh, get a bunch of swear words out, little uh, uh, stab? No, I think start? I'm okay. I think I'm okay. I kicked my dog I earlier. Do. I got all the frustration out. I'm kidding. I did not actually kick my dog. <laughs> Jeez! Hey, what's that? What's, what's that? Uh, that that next uh... week you're gonna play drink if you kick your dog, <laughs> and Dan's gonna be the only one drinking. It's scene in Family Guy with Wilford Brimley woke up and struck man, my seen... wife. My wife's been dead for twenty years. Who the hell did I hit? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So you so what else to... is new, Dan? What you listening to? What you watching? Uh, All that fun w- stuff. I was watching the uh, um. What's the new? I, I I'm having so many brain farts tonight. I don't know what the problem is. I uh, don't think I had enough coffee today. But the uh, the new Ken Burns documentary um, on PBS, uh, uh, the U.S. and the Holocaust. Ooh, started that one. That's uh, it's pretty interesting. And you know what? It's 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 interesting because uh, it really does show that you know the way we like. You know how like in America or especially in the West we glorify our role in World War II. And we, you know, we kind of wasn't, yeah, we kind of, we kind of like we, everybody knows about the fact that we put the Japanese people in internment camps, but that's just, we did everything in our
2: power to stay out of it, (laughs) put a bunch of Japanese people in concentration camps. And then in the very end, we just came up, did some cleanup in Europe.
0: Yeah, and, <laughs> and then the dropped whole, some
2: bonds in Japan, and then said, "We did it. We we won the war."
0: The whole thing about uh, uh what what Ken Burns is is basically trying to get at is that like the United States kind of knew what was going on in Germany didn't didn't really uh, just kinda, oh when it came to the
2: Holocaust yeah, yeah kinda, dude there was a there were ships that were coming with Jews on them
0: and they were being turned across away the,
2: across the Atlantic and we were sending them back going no stay out of here
0: yeah horrible horrible immigration policy uh even back then um it, it, what's interesting about it is cuz we're, we're going through and we'll get we'll get to this a little bit later on in the show but we're we're having this this kind of this like, this redux of uh immigration policy with obviously DeSantis shipping migrants up to Martha's Vineyard and using people as pawns yeah and it's 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 just the same arguments the, the arguments that we're having today about immigration, the arguments that we had twenty years ago about immigration, we were having back in the '40s and the '30s and the '20s, shortly after uh, there was some pretty bad immigration policy put in. It was, it, it was, and it was all based on, you know, ethnicity. It was all based on where these migrants were coming from, wh- uh, what their backgrounds were, not being able to properly vet them. This is not a new argument, is basically is what I'm getting at. And this documentary is really good at, at kind of pointing that out. We're in the same arguments today about immigration that we were having during World War II. And we were having, you know, basically ever since the poor uh, immigration policies of the
2: 1920s. Sounds about right. It's pretty on par for America.
0: Yeah. Same issues. We just dress them differently and kick
2: them down the road until they bubble up again.
0: The only thing that's changed is the... Peep the the uh, geographic areas Of the world in which these people are coming from That's the only thing that's shifted
2: So I personally have been Watching something way less Intellectually stimulating
0: uh, you ever yes,
2: But I've been watching What we do in the shadows hmm. The FX show about that it's, it's a mockumentary about vampires living in uh, What is it Jersey Have you ever seen that show? No Corey <laughs> Oh Jesus Christ you gotta watch that show Oh <laughs>
0: I say I have not.
2: shoot I just swore. Gall <laughs> darn it! Gosh darn it, Dan. Let me tell you, this show swears a lot. What the <laughs> hell? But it's it's a really really good show. It's about these like incompetent vampires who has a documentary crew following them around, <laughs> and then they're just bumbling about doing their shit, their sh- their crap, <laughs> <laughs> their poo, doing their poo. Well, <laughs> vampires don't poo except for. Uh, old Colin uh, Robertson, one of the vampires. He's an energy vampire. He gets his energy from other people's like energy, so he just drains other people's energy versus the rest of them who suck blood. Great show. It's hilarious. I recommend it. This the sucks
3: more than anything that I've ever sucked before.
2: You take that back, you, got, you gosh
0: darn son of a bee. <laughs> you know what's funny is I can use the drops to curse because it's not technically coming out of my mouth, so this is going to be fun. Is night. that a
2: loophole? <laughs> Dang it, we didn't cover that. Uh I do anyway. our branding shift real quick. I don't know if anyone's noticed. We yeah. had a new logo, new cover photo. We've had uh we did a couple ads and we <laughs> had some, I guess you could call them focus groups in the comments that were calling us crazy right wing extremists and
0: clearly, clearly without actually listening to our content or reading any of our content. And yeah, I, Corey and I came to the conclusion. Uh, I don't know which one of us came to it first, but I know we were both thinking it at the same time. Uh, so, like, is the American flag just a symbol? Is it actually just a symbol of right wingers now? Is that?
2: I guess so. I guess the American flag means you're just a racist conservative.
0: <laughs> how, how do we? How do we know? How do we know that this uh, this country's gone to hell in a handbasket, Corey? What- well,
2: what's really funny, dude? It's. So we were running that ad with the American flag. It's our logo. You know, it's just a profile picture. Everyone who's been listening to the show for at least a year knows the logo we have now. All these people. Oh, just more right-wing right wing extremists posing as centrist trying to sway people. Like, we had some weird ulterior motive. <laughs> the thing, the thing that's- and then, so literally, I pulled the ad. I changed our logo. Or I changed our... Uh, I changed our... Um, the message that was with it, reran it, and the comments are like night and day. It went from people calling us crazy conservatives to saying, "Well, centrism isn't terrible." The nuance. I think the comments. <laughs> you notice the difference in the
0: comments, yes, like, yes. like boom, right away. I was thinking, right away, the whole tone. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, this ain't bad." I was thinking the next thing we should do is like put I don't know, like a like a rainbow flag in the background and just kind of see where it shifts from there. <laughs> I well, what I, so It's or like a ukrainian flag
2: right <laughs> <laughs> i think what is also kind of funny is in the old ad it said a podcast that delves into the nuances and intricacies of politics and current events that deserve more than an oversimplified explanation served in a polarized fashion sounds great to us i think people thought we were being pompous assholes <laughs> using big words They're being sarcastic <laughs> and then i changed it to just Two intellectual idiots trying to navigate through all the political noise, and everyone's just like, "Hey, yeah, I like this." <laughs> it's almost like no one likes big yeah. words.
0: It's you know, so funny. It's like uh, you think, like you think of the word "intellectual," and it's like you have to be some sort of like bookish person. Like that's not us. No, we're just in, two intellectual idiots navigating through the political noise. You can be stupid and be an intellectual. Corey and I have proven it. I think. I think we've proven it.
2: Yeah. Yep. What is what? My buddy. Uh, what did he say? He's a. Uh, uh steve the one who was on the show he calls it um being a uh, uh what did he call it he it was another word for intellectual idiot
0: uh this is how you know you're not a, he, he you you're not it a intellectual person. moron basically the
2: same thing yeah, but
0: yeah. here we are um, here we
2: are new branding go ahead check out the page actually you know what i didn't change it on twitch it i don't think or youtube i'm looking up at better little logos up here
0: that's right We'll fix it. You got. We got time. Is it, is it okay?
2: Is it okay, Dan? Got to, it's okay. I don't know. I it's don't okay. want to be considered a right wing extremist. Like I need it, the FBI listening to my conversations more than they
0: already are. There's like eight extra people that are going to continue thinking we're right wingers for just a little while longer. We'll, we'll get this. We'll get this all fixed. We'll get it all. We'll get it all figured out. I promise. What's really funny
2: too is me and Dan were talking about this, and Dan is like, "Well, the American flag, but the lines are a little blurred." <laughs> yeah. Thinking he's Robin Thicke over here. <laughs> <laughs> singing blurred lines but the people aren't buying it so
0: we did a rebrand a little rebrand we'll see how it goes uh where else did you want to clean up Corey? since we did not uh, have a live show last week um i remember you i just do
2: like a five minute five ten minute rundown of all these different things that i've just had just in my head screaming for the last two weeks i haven't been able to air my grievances on
0: let's let you get it out and then we'll see how many times you curse go have I cursed yet? Yeah. Once. I've
2: been trying not to. I did. I drank for it. I'm gonna take a couple of drinks before I start.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are these preemptive drinks for the for the? That curse they words? are, Dan, that they are. So first This thing is my the
4: nightmare. Bucket,
2: <laughs> um luperamide. A common anti-diarrhea medication could help treat core symptoms associated with autism spectrum disorder. The drug activates the U opioid receptor, helping to improve social behaviors. So, I think this might also might ultimately be like one of the positive effects from COVID. Because if you remember when COVID first happened, they were starting to run all these different drugs and everything through these AI systems, trying to figure out what exactly would work against it. I think this might be an offshoot of that, and they found out that loperamide, which is basically Imodium. Um, it hits the same uh, receptive in the brain that helps with social behavior and that there's a chance that this luparamide might help people with aut- on the autism who have behavioral issues on with autism. It might help quell that and just not necessarily just like make them all docile, but just help them stabilize their mood. And I think that's good news. Next on the list. Uh, the Pentagon is opening a sweeping review of clandestine psychological operations. This is a Washington Post uh, uh, article. You love this and stuff, man. You love,
0: you love calling out the three-letter agencies. I, it's one of my favorite things about you.
2: Oh, dude. I, yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so the Pentagon is uh, apparently Twitter and Facebook has brought <laughs> concerns to different federal uh, departments and the White House. With concerns over the Defense Department's attempt to manipulate audiences overseas and that in places like China and Russia and all that, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of these fake accounts over there trying to to speak pro-American views, just like those countries do here. And so what it's basically saying is it looks like that we are just as bad as them when it comes to trying to influence local elections and things like that. On to the next uh china has jumped or china's russian gas imports jump in the first eight months while lng exports hit record levels and mid-supply diversions china's natural gas imports from russia via pipeline almost tripled in the first eight months to 22.39 billion and then they exported 448 million worth of lng to europe japan and south korea and thailand over the same period so they're buying cheap oil, cheap natural gas from Russia, and then sending it to other people and selling it to them, repackaged to avoid the sanctions, at a ridiculously high level, and that's where Russia's still getting its money from.
0: Well, is I mean, we've been seeing that with merchandise for forever. What, what's 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 to make you think that the CCP? Would, oh Ch- yeah, would China's doing been gasoline. doing that with
2: merchandise and <laughs> saying it's from Taiwan and things like that. But yeah. they're, it's the same thing that Saudi Arabia is doing. Or not Saudi even Arabia that, but just is like buying fake super Nikes, cheap
0: oil right? and gas, huh? Not even that, but just like making fake Nikes and what have you,
2: right? Yeah, no but yeah, uh, People like Saudi Arabia, for example, is buying all of its oil right now from Russia, super cheap, but then still selling us oil at a ridiculously high price while they're funding their own power plants with cheap oil from Russia.
4: Hmm. A Alex, big one that I think is here. interesting.
2: And uh, you know that that evil, terrible Elon Musk, you know that right wing, authoritarian, uh, fucking elitist, is actually using his Starlink to offer internet to Iran right now, just like he did in Ukraine. Um, a girl named Masamini was killed after visiting Tehran from one of the outskirts countries where she. So she was like from a small village on the outskirts in Iran, and her family went and visited. To Ryan, and some of her hair was showing, and so she got arrested on a subway, and then she died in captivity. Um, it by the terrain of by with with the terrain that the moral police, they literally called the morality, morality police. police. Yeah, yeah, and so she died in their custody. So everyone in Iran is losing their shit right now, Here's- and God bless them. I hope that they uh, not necessarily even if they don't overthrow the regime there. I hope that they knock this theocracy down a couple of pegs to give women and everyone their personal liberty and freedom, like we we appreciate and get to experience here in America.
0: Well, it's a it's a great time because their their leader is you know 83 years old and apparently in bad health, so that apparently is one of the reasons why uh, the, these protests have, have kind of sprung up. Obviously, this young lady's death was kind of the 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 trigger. To yeah. uh, to the 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 uh, the fuse. It's that was their lit. it's their George Floyd. But the it, here's the thing, though. I'm, I have like mixed emotions about Elon throwing Starlink over Iran because, I mean, to me, it's it's kind of like a positive pu- little publicity stunt for for Elon because they don't have the infrastructure to be able to use the Starlink satellites in Iran. Well, no, I guess I mean. Hmm. Do I mean I'm sure I'm sure there's some there's some infrastructure set up there that would I mean like they I
2: mean like Iran what's interesting about Iran is it's not in Afghanistan it's not a Syria it's not in Iraq it's not a devastated country that has no infrastructure like these are educated people sure like people in Iran are smart like it's an actual country that has like an actual infrastructure but like a lot of their Wi-Fi and their internet and stuff has like you know like just government blocks so i'm curious to like if starlink is just this accessible wi-fi internet that's now a blanket over the country if they just turn on their wi-fi do they just have access just to hook up to it no, if they do like, them the, the there
0: ha- there are like receptors on the ground i forgot what the hell they're called but there are receptors on the ground like which, cell phone towers which, which is whatever. why which is why it makes more sense for a country like ukraine who actually has more of them than iran does yeah and they're
2: not trying to like actively block it and stuff like that so yeah i don't know like i mean there, it, there probably is a way that it's still working for people he wouldn't actually do it i assume if it wasn't anything but like i'm assuming like stuff there is still getting out you know what i mean like right. there's still people right, talking right, right. about it no matter what the iran the iranian
0: leaders no they have saying, i mean right they have they have some ability in iran to to link up to it but it's not it's not you yeah, know they're remarkably educated robust. <laughs>
2: Right, and like, and like, have you ever looked up uh, like photos from like Iranian advertisements or pictures from Iran, like in the seventies before like the theocracy took over? Their ads for everything they have, like bikinis and everything, looks exactly like ours. It's just uh, Arabic writing on it versus like English writing. It's wild to see how fast like a theocracy and like how that can just flip the script.
0: Yeah. What else did you have? Um, Policing bill, eh? The Democrats
2: are working on a stock trading bill.
0: Okay, but next, a lot
2: of, uh, <laughs> I mean, like the House is working on a, a stock trading bill, but of course, Democrats and Republicans, both in a bipartisan fashion, are fighting against it because they want to make their money. We're talking Dianne Feinstein's, Nancy Pelosi's, and her husband, and then Dan Crenshaw's and Marjorie Taylor Greene's. Doesn't matter if they're red or blue. They're trying to screw me and you. You like that? I just made that up.
0: Oh, yeah. I see what you did there. You you, you mean you you like that? You mean they work? Um, You mean Democrats and Republicans work for the same team?
2: Yeah. Isn't that insane? Make no mistake. No matter how much they pretend to hate each other, if you come in with a third party option or try to do anything to change the system, they quickly get locked up
0: together. Or if you fuck, hold on. What was with, that? Their, with their money. I just wanted to take my drink immediately. Oh, you know what?
2: I probably should drink one or two because <laughs> I probably swore.
4: Anyway.
0: Um,
2: And then how about uh, the House passed a police funding bill that is going to head towards the Senate, which actually – a broad bipartisan – I'm looking at the New York Times right now. A broad bipartisan majority voted 360 to 64 in favor of the centerpiece of the four-bill package called to Invest to Protect Act, which would give $60 million a year for five years to local police departments. The funds could – now, that's an important word right there. The funds could be used for purchasing body cameras and conducting de-escalation training as well as other activities.
0: Don't buy it.
2: Other activities is pretty broad, Dan. Don't buy it. And so we're giving 60 million people – and so – the article goes on to say, uh, but a backlash by progressives who balked at sending money to police departments without stronger accountability measures to address excessive use of force or other misconduct nearly tanked the bills before they could be considered. So it sounds like there's no accountability to how this money is going to be spent. And now, in a perfect world, this money would be spent on mental health therapy, hiring people that and giving better training to people to deal with people on the spectrum or mental health disorders. But... It's looking like it's just going to go to a bunch of bulletproof vests and uh, probably some more NRAPs. It's
0: going gonna, it's gonna to go into some c- collective fund. How convenient, Dan,
2: that right now we're ramping up our uh, military uh, industrial machine, building these all these different uh, military stuff, which means we have all this extra stuff we got to get rid of. And now every city has $60 million to spend on things like m-raps, ARs, bulletproof vests, and other... Uh,
0: yeah, make no mistake. Military equipment that they can wear outside of schools, while there's a shooter inside. Make no mistake, this bill is going to do nothing more than further militarize uh, municipal police departments. Like that's that's what that's what it's going to be, which is the opposite of what we need. Yeah, it's absolutely you know the down. opposite.
2: So my interesting take on this is I'm also looking. So that was a New York Times post. I'm looking at a at a Washington or uh, Washington or New York Times article. Now I'm looking at a Washington Post article. And it is insurers uh, force change on police departments long resistance to it. So a uh, intu- so I'm looking at a Saint Anne Saint Anne Police Department in Missouri, uh, whose chief of police Aaron Jimenez is known as saying Saint Anne will chase you until the wheels fall off mm-hmm. when it comes to their high octane produ- pursuits and chasing people in cars. Well, recently a man named Brent Cox was uh, just minding his own business in his car. And it got smashed into by a police car. And, or wait, let me see. I want to make sure it's the police car. A patrol officer spotted a white minivan that was expired license plate, flipped on his lights and siren, and when the driver failed to stop, gave chase. The driver fled in rush hour traffic at speeds up to 90 miles an hour as other officers joined in the pursuit. Ten miles later, the van slammed into a green Toyota Camry, leaving its 55-year-old driver, Brent Cox, permanently disabled. So essentially, what happened... Running from the police is never a good idea, but some jackass ran from the police because he had an expired license plate Mm. and the cops chased him. And because of that, this poor other man who had nothing to do with it 10 miles away got his car smashed into because the police were chasing a guy over an expired license plate and now he's permanently disabled. The St. United Chief Police stood behind the high-octane pursuits and decided that he said that it doesn't matter. We're still going to do this. Well that is until the insurance company that protects the police department from these type of things that they don't have to pay out of pocket when they disable somebody because of their uh malfeasance. the insurance company said we're not going to cover this anymore yeah so th- now that's so that's- now the jimenez guy goes i didn't really have a choice if i didn't do it the insurance rates were going to go way up so now they're changing their hot pursuit case so now people aren't going to be disabled 10 miles away from an initial crime of Having a license plate that isn't registered.
0: Yeah, well, that's and that's just it, right? Um, Was it Catherine Maggie Ward said in uh, her uh, her Reason podcast earlier this week? Occasionally, she says things that I really like. um, Don't I think she might have gotten this from somebody else, but don't invent a law that you're not willing to kill somebody over.
2: Right, every single law—I actually said that in my monologue. Just remember, any law ever legislated ultimately has somebody ultimately has an arm, with the end of the arm is a gun pointing it at you to enforce it.
0: Yeah, when when it comes to because um, because so, you know because you know the narrative is like, well, you know this guy should have just not run, and should just. It's Obeyed his the law. It's it's his fault that this fifty-five year old man ended up paralyzed. And yeah, it partially is his fault, right? Like he should Yeah, he I'm not
2: discounting, I'm not blaming police because some person ran from the cops, but if you if you don't if worth- you don't
0: get engaged in a dangerous chase with somebody over such a trivial fucking crime. I got a drink now.
2: Exactly. That's the point that you, I'm you, trying you to You don't make.
0: have the problem. Right, exactly.
2: So I'm wondering what's gonna have a bigger impact on police departments reforming their policies is it going to be all of these different house bills or is it going to be insurance companies telling people that they better knock it off or they're going to stop uh, defending them? And honestly, I think the free market's going to get the win.
0: That's yeah that's what you were saying and I, and and like when you said do you think the free market is going to fix the way that we police in this country I at first I thought you were going with like the the anarcho capitalist uh, argument about that which is that <laughs> no they have they have <laughs> settlements out the wazoo do you know how much money we've spent on police settlements No but what I thought what I where I thought you were going to go with that was the anarcho capitalist argument of like there just shouldn't be government police at all which look we, we could argue for we could not even argue but we could discuss for hours you know the anarcho capitalist view of policing in this country but i thought you were going to go with you were going to go with uh yeah just privatized police would fix the problem that's honestly where i thought you were going with this
2: oh no 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 <laughs> i was saying that like a private insurance company telling a police department that like hey if you stop if you keep running your cars and a 55 year old man and paralyzing them, we're not going to keep paying for these settlements mm-hmm is going to have a way bigger impact on the impact on these police departments than the government trying to implement all these different laws.
0: Yeah. You mean bad cops getting fired for doing bad work? Yeah. Essentially. Exactly. Because they're now, now they have to be held accountable financially, which is ultimately all that matters to basically everyone. So,
2: um, I also had, uh, one of the issues that we have in America when it comes to like different, like things like renewable energy and stuff is, uh, um, special metals. I forget what you call them exactly, like precious metals like nickel and cobalt and stuff like that. Rare earth metals. Yeah, rare earth metals. Apparently uh deep sea mining can be an answer to that because right now Africa's on lock with China when it comes to them. Hmm. Um I have uh the DNC blocked a vote on dark money ban and Democrats dominate dark money and in twenty twenty Democrats doubled uh do du- or and in 2020, Democrats doubled their funding of
0: how much money they had in dark money versus Republicans. You don't say, because both parties work for the same team. Yep,
2: the value of the dollar is skyrocketing, and creating all this crazy inflation and crazy instability in the world. Um. Oh, and then I guess we're going to talk about the uh, the pipeline that can lead into us talking about uh, Putin's uh, bringing up uh, conscription of.
0: Uh, people, Corey, we're live. We're not. And doing then, sh- we're not doing show prep here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just running through my list real fast of all this shit I had. Um, and then uh, what do I
0: have here? It's a drink, by the way. Oh,
2: <laughs> People cucking to a monarchy while crying about communism proves that propaganda is a son of a bitch. <laughs> and then I think that's that's pretty much it. Oh, I have the Macron interview. So. If you watched our show at all, we've been trying to really dive into the nuance of this whole Ukraine thing and like what's trying to make Putin uh, tick to give us a better understanding of where just this guy is at. And I compared him to a school shooter and I got some pushback on that. But here is Macron in a much smoother way. The president of France. The president of France telling uh, Jake Tapper... What he thinks about uh, Putin and tamper. what him and Merkel were
3: trying to do. And afterwards, President Zelensky, President Putin, and both of us. Because we were convinced with Chancellor Merkel that spending all this time to try to implement the Minsk agreement signed in 2014 was the best way to avoid an escalation. I think what we got in 2019 was very positive for Ukraine and was Definitely a progress towards peace. But as I told you, post-COVID-19, there was a totally new situation. So he had a window of opportunity and he decided to completely break the linearity of uh, of this situation and, and go to the war. I do believe that all the discussions we had were useful. Second, I think in his own logic, I'm not saying this is an explanation or, or in, I don't give any excuse, but we have to take into consideration that there is a lot of resentment on the russian side he has a feeling that post 1990s we uh, we didn't respect him properly i think it's not a reason to do what he what he did it's part but it's his mindset it's his mindset so we have to understand that because it's always more efficient to be respected and to try to find a way forward when you have this discussion so i think it's useful because for instance Thanks to this dialogue, we managed to organize this mission with the international agency to go to the, to the nuclear plant of Zaporizhia, mm-hmm. to have an independent mission. And we are, I hope, finalizing a very important agreement to protect this nuclear plant and, and to go towards demilitarization, but at least to be sure that there is no more weapons in this, uh, uh, in this area. I want to insist on that. Mm-hmm. We have to... Avoid obviously Russian winning this war. We have-
2: so that's that's pretty much it. He just talked about how Putin had resentment since the nineties against the West because they hadn't been treating him with respect. And regardless of whether or not you want to respect Putin on a world stage, when someone has nuclear weapons, you have to have you have to come to the table at least with a level playing field.
0: No, there there should be there should be some form of, of mutual respect. And what's what's interesting about the way that you that people talk about Putin it's it's almost in a weird way it's almost like the same way they talked about Trump where they would kind of talk out of both sides of their mouth which is like oh he's just a, a little he's just an idiot who doesn't know what the hell he's doing or like he's a dangerous horrible mastermind that's going to destroy the planet well well which is it right because <laughs> it can't be it can't be both things and it just depends on which which way the narrative feeds and and either way you're not being very respectful of Vladimir Putin. And that's, I mean, I don't know if that's like the, uh, just the libertarianism in us, Corey, about, you know, letting other countries kind of do things the way that they do them. You don't have to agree with the way Putin runs Russia, but you also have to factor in what would happen if Putin and Xi Jinping did the sort of pre-war things to the West that we've done to them since the fall of the Soviet Union. You have to factor that in.
2: Damn it. Yeah. The context. And it just helps you give a better understanding of exactly what's happening. It doesn't give Putin a pass on what he's doing, what he's doing over there. Isn't right. When it comes to a sovereign country, he's trying to change someone else's borders, you know, but With the context of the idea that, in his mind, after being isolated during COVID, and since the 90s, feeling like Russia's just been pushed around, you keep poking a bear, eventually it's going to take a swipe at you. Yeah, I... look. Is it justified? No, not at all. But that is what's happening over there. And uh, uh, armed with my opinions, he said, did you guys see Trump's latest statement? On what? Is that the one where he's regarding... Is that the one re- regarding where he said he would be the the mediator uh, for the um, for meeting between Biden and them? And it's I just find it interesting that it's like that's where we're at. It's like we got to have Trump be the mediator for this. Like it's like we're sending Dennis Rodman over to North Korea to talk to Kim Jong Un. Like it's Biden or Trump or any of these people. We just have these idiots that just keep getting put in charge. To where it's like that's the best we got. America is supposed to be the greatest country in the
0: world, and that's the best we got. <laughs> Sending Kamala Harris to 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 speak you know, <laughs> to in, Taiwan? <laughs> no, it was South Korea. It was South Korea. Oh, yeah. like, that's that's like, it. That's the best we got. Which part is an idiot? Do we want uh, making sure there's no nuclear war? Uh, which one? Right. Take your pick. It's like a fucking. It's like a fucking Mortal Combat. Uh, <laughs> like opening screen of uh, choose your oh, my choose gosh. your choose your political moron, and I have to. Have to drink after that one. Oh yeah, I,
2: actually, I just said, "Oh my gosh," but I feel like I did swear, so I'm gonna drink too. So
0: yeah, you you feel like you always swore. Uh So the big news of the week here is the uh, Nord Stream pipeline explosions. If you know whatever they whatever they're calling it these <laughs> these uh, these last few days, and this story is it's it's so strange because it should be really scary because you now have people talking about. Um, this being in an energy war, which is, <clears throat> which is pretty interesting and probably pretty accurate, because Put- that's basically Putin's ace in the hole. It has been the whole time, as far as getting energy to the West, and the West's mistakes of shutting down their nuclear power in Europe and what have you. And I look at this and I go, okay, so now the West is screwed right? Because any chance of reopening Nord Stream 1 and and opening Nord Stream 2 for the first time uh, is gone, at least for the considerable future, because we have no idea how much this is going to cost, how long it's going to take to fix, and whether or not it would just happen again, right? So I look at this and I go, yes, it definitely looks like Putin has more incentive to blow up his own pipeline because he has it shut off anyway. And now he wants to permanently cut off natural natural gas from Europe. So yeah, it looks like Putin has the most incentive. But call me a conspiracy theorist, the way all of this is gone and the amount of propaganda coming out of both sides and not knowing who to believe, you look at this and you might say, The fact that Putin has more incentive to blow up this pipeline is all the more reason for somebody in the West. I'm not saying it's the United States. I'm not saying it's Germany, Ukraine. It doesn't matter. Somebody in the West to do this as a false flag operation because Putin's the one that has the most incentive. I'm not – I'm literally – I'm not going to throw that possibility out the window. And again,
2: this is why we need to make tinfoil hats before we talk about the stuff that deals in the conspiracy theories. (laughs) But – Biden did say the Nord Stream pipeline will end. We'll put an end to it. I'll make sure of it. And Putin was using that pipeline as a bargaining chip. And now that that's just not even, now there's not even a chance of him saying, well, you know, if you back off, I can give you guys oil again. (laughs) Now there's just no chance of that happening completely destroying one of the uh, lanes to a path of diplomacy. So it makes, I guess, I mean, it would, like, I'm not saying it's true, but there's, uh, what, what would be the word I'm looking for? Like to have that thought process isn't completely out of left field it's america not america is known for doing false flag attacks
0: yeah it's not it's it, what's the, the uh, now, interesting thing I is i
2: am like- definitely not saying it was america i don't i like in a in a world right now where every single thing we do is leaked if america did it we would know i'm tired of pretending like you know what is it uh everyone tries to think that uh, america is like a uh, house of cards the show when it's really more like Veep, just a bunch of <laughs> fucking idiots just running around. Oh, we can't use like, stop trying to attack plastic with these. You know, like the first episode they're talking about. They they offended plastic industry by using paper straws in the White House or whatever. It's that's literally what it is. It's just a bunch of fucking. It's just a mess. Um, but uh, it's just My other thing is like, what if it was just you know like the the. The Kremlin's been talking about how they can't properly maintain the pipeline because of the fact of all the sanctions. I would like to really think that like it was just a fuck-up, something happened, mm-hmm. which I, the chances of that is virtually nil. Because it was two different pipelines that were hit and stuff like that, Yeah, based
0: on the seismology and
2: stuff, and
0: and would you say that like, what if it was just some crazy
2: environmentalist?
0: Yeah, that like some rich environmentalist that got a hold of like a, an underwater drone or something like that. It just this seems or like it could even
2: be a, a false flag for Putin to try to shore up his uh, waning uh, support in his country. So like, like a, right now we have what a, he just did that conscription of three hundred thousand uh, soldiers, um. And yeah, he did make a description of three hundred thousand soldiers to be brought over to be put, which is probably they're probably going to be sent to uh, the in quotations referendum parts of eastern Ukraine, who he who has ninety percent approval or ninety percent voting to make them a part of Russia. This might be something to. Shore up support home, saying, "Look what the West did. Look what they did. It could be a false flag of their own."
0: Well, that's that's well, that's exactly it. And, and armed with my opinions, I'm not going to throw uh, I'm not going to throw any of his comments up here because they're pretty long and they'll take up the whole goddamn screen. Um, but he he's basically insinuating that uh, because Putin spent so much money on Nord Stream one and Nord Stream two that he does not have incentive to to blow up his own pipelines. But the problem that that I have with that is he certainly does have incentive because why. Why why wouldn't he want to blow up his own pipelines to ensure that, hey, look, there's no way now that natural gas is getting to the West if he feels desperate? He's not making money on these pipelines right now, and apparently he doesn't have any plans on making money on these pipelines for a while. And we just talked about the fact that he's taking... A lot of these fossil fuels, I don't know what percentage is what, and, s- and sending it to China under false branding anyway. Yeah,
2: yeah, they haven't been making money on their, on their uh, natural gas going through the Nord Stream in months. And instead, they're selling it to China and Saudi Arabia and all these other countries, and then we're buying it anyways
0: <laughs> at the regular price. Yeah, so it's, so it's he's a, making it's a, the same amount of money. It's a forcing it's a forcing the West's hand kind of issue, like, okay, we're not getting these turned back on. You know what I mean? You yeah. Know what I mean.
2: And and he makes the point of how saying how Biden said for sure that he was gonna shut it down. And he did, and it was kind of ominous of how he said it. But right now, we are not going to jump to any conclusion of either just saying, Oh, for sure it was America, oh, or for sure it was Russia. Oh, for sure, it was the West. Oh, for sure, it was Ukraine. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put myself into a corner, Ross, and I have to backtrack and say anything when things change because the, the possibility of any three of these fucking people doing it, right now, based on the evidence that we have, because it's all just conspiracy theories and theories being thrown around that we don't have any evidence of any of it. I'm not gonna say who it was, even though I don't trust the American government. I definitely don't trust the Russian government. And also, Dan, I want to say that obviously our yeah, rebranding is working great because <laughs> we just got called. Uh, what did he say? He said, uh, I hope the entire electric throws your side out of office come November, <laughs> which is I don't know what side he's talking about because he fucking hate Democrats, too.
0: <laughs> I don't know. So, he also thinks we don't know what your to side,
2: about. which side? The, the side that's in power? Great. Throw them out. Which power is going to be in charge? The other ones? All right. Great. Throw them out.
0: He uh, he also thinks we don't know what deductive reasoning is. So he, I mean, it, it's clear it's clear that uh, armed with my opinions is somebody. You have an opinion. That's fine. Uh, who is you've made up your mind, and that's that's okay. That's right. That's, that's fine. So yeah,
2: we just haven't made ours up yet. I need some more evidence. That's exactly right. Um, I'm not putting my foot in my mouth on this based on just a couple of f- frothy bubbles coming out of the ocean. People talking about an explosion. And then two of the biggest propaganda fucking weaponized countries, Russia and German, Russia and America, both tell me opposite opinions. Until when I have no facts in front of me, could it have been America? Maybe.
0: Could it have been Russia? Maybe. Both have incentives to uh, to do this. Um, did you have any? Because we've been talking about wanting here? to
2: shut down the Nord Stream pipeline since fucking Trump was in office. <laughs>
0: You want to talk about which
2: party was talking about trying to shut down Nord Stream Pipeline? Both parties were, yeah. so.
0: Here we are. Because they work for the same team. They work for the same team. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about with regards to Nord Stream and the Who It? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. And here's the thing. To, to arm with my opinions is uh, to, to speak to everything that he's just said. Even, <laughs> Aubrey even- said it. I'm literally the only person I know didn't blow it up.
2: <laughs> you see what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's. But here's the thing. We don't know who fucking did it. But you're muddling the conversation by assuming one side or the other did it. But here but that's here's, the
0: premise of the show. It's like it's yeah. anyway. Anyways. I'm not even I'm not even gonna say what I was gonna say. Uh did you have anything else you want to talk about? Oh what well, no, what I was gonna say is to to uh armed with my opinions as points here, even when we find out who did it, if we ever do, how long is it gonna actually take for us to agree on it? Hi, Pandora mask. Oh hey Bright, nice. I'm sorry to say that part again. How long is it going to take once we actually do find out who blew this up, whether it was the West or Putin or some rich uh uh, uh environmentalist with a with an underwater drone, uh how long is it going to take for us to actually agree on it if we ever do? I don't think we're ever going to know, Dan. Facts don't matter. Facts have never mattered. I don't think we're ever going to know. Well, facts, no, that's not true. Facts Because of the fact that like
2: but... that all of the media is going to be so muddled in who done it, and that's exactly like where we are at It's like
0: who done it? We don't know. Speaking of Russia, Corey, you'll like this. You'll like this uh this banner I'm about to throw up here. An American hero turned enemy of the state, Edward Snowden, officially receiving his uh Russian citizenship. And you look at this and you go like happy for Edward Snowden, I guess, because now he Legitimately can't be extradited to the United States for being an American hero. But it's a also damn shame. really, really sad, really, really sad that an actual American hero has to resort to becoming a fucking Russian citizen in order to ensure his safety from his former government. Right. It's it's a damn shame. How it's a damn sad shame is that? that?
2: Someone who gave the information to let the American people know that the American government was spying on them had to in turn run to Russia to hide there because no Western fucking country would defend him or protect him. And it's insane to me that Edward Snowden is over there in Russia criticizing Putin and criticizing America, and he hasn't even been harassed for it. It shouldn't be necessary. It Just, shouldn't be necessary at problem. all. He's a whistleblower. We have laws to protect whistleblowers.
0: Well, th- not to mention, like, he's, I don't know if you mentioned this, but he's hes also criticized Putin and was still given Russian citizenship. Don't you find that interesting? It is interesting. Somebody who's, I don't know, honestly, though, I don't know how famous he actually is in Russia. Right? Because I don't know, do, like, does does Russian media talk about Edward Snowden and what he's done? Maybe they do. I have no idea. That's something I'm remarkably ignorant on. So it's like, oh yeah, like I just know that he's there hiding from the American government. If they don't, and it's almost like the only safe place he could go. If they don't know who he is, it's you know, it's it's easy for Putin to go. All right, here you go. <laughs> here's here's a, here's another poke in the eye of the uh, the American government over there. It's just, I don't know. I don't, we don't have a whole lot. I don't think there's really a whole lot to say about this. It's a shame he had to find
2: peace in a country that we consider an enemy not the people, but the regime, because we don't believe in them running their own country. We don't agree with the way they run their own country. That he literally had to denounce, uh, for being as American as fuck,
0: drink. <laughs> Just go ahead. Go ahead and slug it down, killer.
2: Um, And taking it to the government, which was literally how our country was founded, turns around and exposes the NSA spying on Americans without due process in the fourth amendment or without a warrant or anything like that has to go to a authoritarian country and live there in peace.
0: Yeah, I don't know it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, what's one so of the
2: expose the NSA spying on its own citizens, thank him for his service and stop whining about his personal decisions. We literally just thanked him for his service. <laughs> And are whining about the fact that he has to hide in another country for his service.
0: <laughs> he's, he's not even listening. He's already made his, he's already made his uh, determination his it. He's just mad at
2: us. He said that uh, the other person delivery. chugged semen and fluoride. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, but he thinks we're... Man. I guess our rebranding worked really well. Really and all we did. did was it take really away did. the American flag and our icon. And now we're just fucking leftist cucks, apparently.
0: It, it, it absolutely did. Uh, so... <laughs> Do you want to move what do we want to move to next? You want to move to Hurricane Ian, obviously, because here we are. Oh yeah, and how fast
2: this is gonna get politicized?
0: How how will the Uniparty use disaster to make to make you hate your neighbors some more?
2: Because honestly Oh I know I saw Occupy Democrats being like, Biden isn't Trump and Biden's <laughs> gonna send a bunch of help to Florida and DeSantis
0: isn't even gonna thank him. Well you're already seeing, like you're already you're you're already talk you're already seeing even from People in the Biden administration talking about how they, uh, you know, our our predecessors wouldn't didn't do this for I, don't, I can't remember the names of the hurricanes anymore, but obviously the one that hit Puerto Rico, um, and and we're we're just not going to do that. We're going we're going to use uh we're going to we're we're going to work as a team with Governor DeSantis and uh, and and whoever needs our help, we're gonna we're gonna give it to them. Just pushing it out there like it's like it was a foregone conclusion because it should be. Why do you need to say it? Why do you need to say it when 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 American when well, the American because people? Because the Democrats take the virtuous high road. <laughs> when 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 the American people get smacked in the face by a natural disaster, yeah, it's your job as the federal government, whether you're Democrat or Republican, to send FEMA in and send help. That's like you have one job. It's really simple on paper it's really simple to just like send everybody where they're supposed to go it shouldn't have to be a uh a, a pissing contest over who's more virtuous when it comes to when natural disasters hit the united states and their territories just um, uh,
2: this is this one's actually kind of funny because did you see that 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 clip uh biden did say <laughs> for all those people in the in the trajectory for the the um for all the people that are in the trajectory for uh, the hurricane, make sure you get vaccinated.
0: He did actually say that. I missed that. I'm not. I doesn't surprise you. Did me. I saw something <laughs> it about it? Me. Yeah. <laughs> he, but uh, he thought he was talking about two things at the same time. <laughs> no, just so you know, um, my blood is pure. I ain't got no vax blood in me. <laughs> oh man, I got the first two, but after that, I wasn't getting any more pokes. Um <laughs> you're not on your fifth booster, Dan? No, absolutely not. I'm not getting any more. No more po- <laughs> no more pokes for Dan. Those first two were more than enough. You know what? Uh, no, no ouchie fauchies or fauci ouchies. <laughs> no, 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 no more for me. Um <laughs> so we haven't really gotten to the aftermath of this storm yet. I think it's probably actually at 8 26 here on Thursday. Oh, okay. Just so leaving
2: Florida. That's interesting. Uh Biden hasn't according to Brandy. Biden hasn't uh, talked to uh, DeSantis yet, so it's some weird like. Well, wait a minute. Wait where a minute. It's like a, when you're when the parents are just staying together for the sake of the kid,
0: but they're like sleeping in different rooms. Hasn't talked to DeSantis yet post storm because honestly, I'm. I, I have heard conflicting reports from both sides. I've heard DeSantis saying that, that the Biden administration never talked to him. We've heard the Biden administration saying that they did. Now, you know, based on where your political affiliations are, you're probably going to believe one side or the other. But so I, so I don't know. Which is it? I really don't know.
2: Give me the damn transcript. But, but
0: again, but again, again, though, though what Brandy said, there is another weaponized way to politicize a disaster for DeSantis. Who, who, Cause one side's lying. I really honestly don't give a shit which side is lying, but one side's lying and the other side is using the, uh, communication or lack thereof as a political weapon to make you hate your neighbors further already.
2: Yeah. And it's been that way all the way to Katrina and probably even further but, like, even Katrina was the same way. I mean, they talked about Bush's terrible reaction to it. And, and then uh, Trump with his terrible reaction to Puerto Rico. And there's the videos of him throwing the paper towel, <laughs> which I thought it was like this. I, dude, it was such so, so fucking fun. dumb how everyone freaked out about that. Like, they act like Trump wasn't doing anything except going down there and throwing paper towel at people. They're trying to soak up the, the hurricane water. You remember the remember all those memes? God, it's so cringe. I wish I could go back and slap this shit out of 2000.
4: He's got a great memory, this guy.
0: <laughs> uh, Either
2: way, I'm hoping that they get their shit taken care of. I don't care of the, the political banter around it. There's millions of people right now in Florida who don't have power and major storm surges. And we're going to probably see the death toll rise. And I just want to make sure that as many as my fellow Americans as possible get the help they get, and that FEMA comes in and make sure that people are reimbursed for their shit getting fucked up and stuff like that. But regardless we- of whether or not they're a Republican or a Democrat,
0: but we have to blame it on somebody, Corey. Like it's the first thing people blame always God. Do. How
2: about that? Let's blame fucking God because he's the one that sent this big ass hurricane the size of fucking Florida to
0: pin. Pay- <laughs> Blame to cl- raise the got, sea level. You gotta blame climate change for Hurricane Ian. Did you did you see Don Lemon? Climate change is God's fault, Dan. Did you see Don Lemon get schooled <laughs> like by accident? I can't remember who he had on. I, I, just, saw, I just saw the clip, but Don Lemon had some, some supposed expert on to like confirm that Hurricane Ian was caused by climate change. And all he said, all the, all this guy said was something that was just really um common sense or just like really easy to understand, which is like, I wouldn't blame any one single event. I think it's, da- or whatever he said, I think it's dangerous to name, like blame one single event on climate change, which is true because obviously before climate, before climate change was even a thing, there were still hurricanes. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's really hard to blame one event, one weather event on climate change, but that's, it could, that's weather. what people like to do. Weather and climate are different things. Yeah, just ask Neil deGrasse Tyson he'll tell you all right what's next uh th- th- let me go back to the banners here well uh oh you wanna you want to re- recourse the uh hold on I'll get it up uh recourse the uh the uh, the immigration issue because two weeks ago when we were on the show uh the Whole fiasco of Ron DeSantis flying migrants to Martha's Vineyard had just happened. And I think you were in agreement with me, but what I Corey, but what I had said was it, it's 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 sad, but also kind of funny, and like a pretty decent troll job by Ron DeSantis. And I'll stick to that. I say I I say like, okay, dude, you you made your point. Point is well taken, which is that Sanctuary Cities and particularly Progressives and the coastal liberal elite want to talk about how uh, migrants are people and they're fleeing bad situations and coming to the United States for a better opportunity. Like that's the that's the progressive narrative, right? But then you right. see you see these progressives putting these people on buses and sending them to Cape Cod because they can't handle fifty migrants. Because they're actually, because they think they're actually really gross and they don't really they don't actually want to touch them. So right. like calling out the hypocrisy, right? Ron DeSantis did that. Point made. Well done. I'll give him points for that. Nice job. The problem but I have, have the DC, they still haven't done shit. That's the thing. The problem I have is that two weeks later, we're sitting here. We talked about immigration a little bit earlier on in the show and about how we've been having the same arguments essentially since the nineteen twenties about immigration because of bad policy then, up to bad policy now, and you look at Rhonda Sanders and you go, you made your point, it was kind of funny, I'm glad all these people were you know, well taken care of in the end, because they are still human beings. What are you actually going to do about immigration without using the words wall and deportation? Right. Because those are two words that have been used by conservatives for a long time that don't work. We've seen yeah, that they and, don't uh, work. What's the plan? So I'll
2: say it again. Using people as political pawns to make a point is kind of despicable. It's gross, but for the progressives who are trying to say that, like these, these fuck these. Uh, I almost swore again, but I caught mm-hmm. myself that time. That to say that they just they tricked and duped these poor immigrants mm-hmm. who are so apt. And versatile, and uh, I don't want to use the word resilient. Resilience—the word I want to use—that they were able able to travel thousands of miles and face cartels and other governments and all this stuff. Corey, to get to the border.
0: Corey, that's the, the the bigotry of low expectations. That's what that is—the bigotry of low expectations. It's the same. It's you know, it's the same thing that people talk about when it, with regards to college admissions. Right, these people are so broke and poor, we have to help them. And when you say that, you think you're being moral and maybe you maybe you you really are in your own mind. But you're but, assuming these people are broke
2: poor and dumb you're because also, you know you're like also, Biden said, what did Biden You're say? also
0: underselling them as human beings.
2: Yeah, poor folk are just as smart as white folk.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right he did say that. Oh my god. Yeah.
2: And <laughs> it's just like these people have traveling thousands of miles to the border and someone comes up to them and goes hey hop on this bus we'll take you further from the border and they look around and see hundreds of border patrol agents and then this bus is like we're going to take you to a city that they said they're not going to deport you they're not tricked they're not dumb (laughs) they get it they know that the further the way they get from the border the less chance of them being deported is and yeah, <laughs> that, was a, like, that was a that was bad right, listen. Narrative. Calling it kidnapping. We don't, you don't want to be yeah. here. We don't want you here. We're gonna move you to a city that wants you.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: All right, let's go. Let's fucking get the hell out of here, then. And that's basically what happened. Well, if they got moved, like if they threw them on buses and told them we're gonna take them to a sanctuary city, and then covered their heads in black, you know, and they, you know, covered their faces in black bags, and then moved them back into Mexico. I'd be really pissed, but they said, "Yeah, we're getting you out of here. Go on, get." Oh, that you know that's mean. Sure, whatever. But these people kept moved further into the country of where they wanted to be, anyways.
0: But isn't this at the en- at the end of the day? Isn't this and and Im- I feel like immigration's been used like this forever since the 1920s, as we said earlier. We've been at, we're having the same arguments now as we had then. It's a, just another example of the the establishment democrats and the establishment republicans working for the same fucking goal, right? Yeah. We can always run on immigration. We can if if we just don't do anything, we can always run on immigration. The democrats can run on, you know, being the accepting party and allowing uh, immigrants into the country. Meanwhile, you know you have Barack Obama building cages and making sure that the gross immigrants, you know, stay away from the from the real people. Uh, but then you have Republicans running on immigration in a way of we're going to build a wall and we're going to kick all the illegals out, and they never do that either. So it's just another example of both of the of the uniparty working. To make sure that they're the only two parties that remain in power.
2: To get their political talking points to make the other side, the other side sound bad without any doing real legislation to make it work. You got it, sir.
0: Anyway, do, we, do you have anything else to I say feel about like,
2: I feel like I'm getting rapidly drunk
0: because <laughs> you I keep, keep taking drinks for swearing. Yeah, I'm almost out of beer. Um, Should I get out of my monologue? Yeah, we'll do your monologue. I'll go take a leak while you're doing that, because I don't really care what you had to say. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know um, you don't. And I'll grab a I'll grab a I'll grab a drink. So yeah, let's get after it.
2: All right. So the monologue this week is labeled or is titled Prisoners of the Free World. I'm gonna take a drink really quick. Yeah, you better get after that. A little sip of my whiskey. <laughs> I think there's a swear word in here.
0: So I gotta cover that. <laughs> just chug the whole damn thing. <laughs> I can't, Dan. <laughs> I can't. I don't know what's going on. It's really I can't do it. I sound like, it's not like, it's not right, like Nancy go. Pelosi there.
2: <laughs> I shared a map of America on our Instagram and Facebook recently that you might have seen regarding prisons and colleges in our country. State-shaded orange had more prisons than colleges, and state-shaded purple had the opposite. More colleges than prisons. The idea that this is even newsworthy is one thing, but if you had to guess which color the majority of our country is, orange or purple, what would you say? The fact that I'm even writing about this, I'm sure it gives you a decent clue that a majority of the country is about as orange as a goddamn jack-o'-lantern. 37 states to be exact, both ruby red and deep blue states covered in orange on this map have more prisons than colleges. In the freest country in the world... We have the largest prison population that outpaces communist authoritarian countries like China and Russia. In fact, it's almost a wash when you combine the two compared to the land of the free. What causes it? And how do we fix it? An overcriminalization attitude towards we the American citizens has led us on a path outpacing both allies and foes when it comes to incarcerating our fellow citizens. An explosion of vague laws that have abandoned our original legal system based on the English common law. This has led to Boston Civil Liberties' lawyer to write the book, Three Felonies a Day, referring to the number of felonies the average American unwittingly commits on a a day-to-day basis. For example, don't get lost on a snowmobile in a blizzard. If you end up on protected land, your snowmobile can be taken without due process due to civil asset forfeiture, and you can face time. Own a seafood restaurant? Careful. Vague laws around lobster tail sizes can get you put behind bars, even if you unwittingly unwittingly sold them after your distributor sent them to you. Fake to sick day? Don't tell the late Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia, or don't let the late Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia find out. Under the wire fraud statute codified at Title 18, United States Code Section 1343 makes it a crime to devise a scheme or artifice to defraud or to obtain money or property through maternally materially false representations or promises. A complete disregard of the basis of criminal law of where there has to be a criminal intent has led to more and more incarcerations in this country. Destroying the homes and lives of people where there was virtually no victim. This lawing ourselves into freedom mindset seems to be a mix of convenience coupled with temporary security that has utterly destroyed the ideas of liberty in this country. Why worry about what's causing issues in the community when you can just lock them up? Don't you feel safer now? In the words of Hunter S. Thompson, in a closed society where everybody's guilty, the only crime is getting caught. In a world of thieves, the only final sin is stupidity. Now let's add a shot of capitalism to that prison overpopulation and overcriminalized society. A total of 26 states and the federal government use private prisons. These private prisons create contracts with states where they come in, build a private prison to solve the overburden of prisoners due to a strenuous vague laws, and then create a minimal occupancy statute in the contract, meaning the state has to have a certain amount of prisoners sent to the prison or they have to pay for empty beds. Now, we wouldn't want that, would we? We wouldn't want to find ways to prevent crime because we wouldn't want these, prison- these private companies to get their cash, right? What a business to be in where there's no risk and boy, oh boy, is it profitable. But don't take my word for it. Just look at the stock options for these private prisons. That's right. You can trade on the profitability of your fellow incarcerated Americans who have been caught up in the legal system that has a monetary incentive, incentive to lock you and them up. These entrenched issues in the American system, a system that was once designed to protect you from the government, a system turning its head to profit on your liberties being stripped, and one possible crazy solution to remove the profitability on the legal slavery of American citizens, even if Brett Favre wants them to build bleachers for his daughter's new volleyball court. Maybe, just maybe, we get back to an older style of governments where if there is no victim, there is no crime, because every law, every ordinance, ultimately has an arm holding a gun there to enforce it.
0: Corey, let me just say this. Your libertarian is showing. Sorry, bud. <laughs> sorry about that. Nothing I'm sorry I have that. a staunch opinion that if there's
2: no victim, there's no crime.
0: Yeah, I mean, generally I agree. I, You know, it, there was a, a very libertarian monologue, so I congratulate you on that. Uh, the only issue is libertarians aren't actually ever going to do anything about it because they're never going to come to power because they're always in fighting with each other. That was just a chance for me to take a dig at libertarians, even though I,
2: <laughs> yeah, I know they never have power because they all try to out libertarian each other. Even
0: though, even though I, I generally agree with libertarian principles, but um, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't even really know how to respond. To your Aubrey monologue. said
2: you're libertarian <laughs> is showing great monologue.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, very I good. It, it was, uh, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty simple. what Basically, the fact that... I don't even know where I was going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just yeah, me neither. Get me off off. Write this listing ship for me. I took too many drinks. And
2: <laughs> basically, what I'm saying is... Completely completely it's like completely had a brain fart. We have got to this point to where it's literally, if you fart in the wrong direction, you can get thrown in jail for it. And we're supposed to be the free country. And like Hunter S. Thompson says, the only crime in America really is getting caught because everything is literally a crime at this point to where the goal is to just not get caught. And then the only fatal sin is
0: being stupid enough to get caught. Which is, you know, kind of harkens back to the uh, the new policing bill that we talked about earlier in the show. Is that not a, uh, you know, is, is is the private prison system not a way to rationalize further militarization of our police. And honestly, and maybe Aubrey can answer this question if you're still watching. um, Privatizing prisons, right? Free market, right? It seems like kind of a libertarian idea. However, it's also, uh, I guess, a, a piece of the free market that is in cahoots with government which is not a libertarian idea right
2: it um it falls into the same thing of student loans and uh like obamacare essentially where it it has to be either one or the other it's either free market or a socialized issue and when you try to mix it with band-aids on a free market because we created all these laws to where, like, you know, like Joe Biden's 1994 crime bill, all these different things, the war on drugs created this ridiculous uh, supply of prisoners to where the federal government is like, well, we can't afford this. So they tried to privatize it to save a couple bucks to where they could have just not made all these laws to make these people criminals in the first place. You wouldn't have to. Uh, rely on the private companies to do it. And that's kind of where I'm at, where it's like you literally, you're one mistake away. You're one heartbeat, one random thing away from becoming just a part of the system.
0: So Aubrey answered the question. She says, we explained it perfectly. I don't know if she's talking about you or me. It doesn't really matter, but the uh, current quote unquote private prisons are an arm of the government as much as schools and banks are not a real, not real free market capitalism. Cause it's the government incentivizing a private industry, right? That's not really free market. So exactly. thank you, Aubrey, as always for uh, checking out the show. Um, yeah. Stop putting so many people in, in jail and stop milita- militarizing the police. There you go. Let's get all, let's, let's, let's get libertarian. Uh, I think we only had one other thing. I don't know if you still want to talk about this. How much time we got? I think we're okay. Um, we never had a chance to get to Joe Biden's 60 Minutes piece. <laughs> and I, I honestly, like, I want to talk about it a little bit. So, okay. So,
2: like, so I'm going to come from this angle where, uh, and we can elaborate on it more. Joe Biden's 60-minute piece, as soon as he said that, like, so he was on there and He talked about a bunch of stuff. He talked about Putin. He talked about Taiwan. And all these different uh, foreign policies and as soon as he mentioned defending taiwan his white house came in with its broom and dustpan in hand trying <laughs> to clean up his gaffes, saying well the white house policy hasn't changed on taiwan even though biden says that we're going to defend taiwan we're not really going to defend them but we might but we're not
0: going to but we might but the policy hasn't changed but we might well, and that's that's one of the um that's kind of that's that's that was what was so interesting about this piece to me It's not i mean nothing Biden said like surprised me I, I wasn't like blown away by anything he said for either a positive or a negative reason. but what I was thinking about is his similarities to Donald Trump and also his differences. Right, because where he would say something and the White House would come in behind and go, whoa, 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 that's not what he meant. Well, no, but that's but but that's the difference, right? Because Donald Trump would n- would not put up with a Kellyanne Conway. And by the way, can we just say that as as much as they drove us nuts. Donald Trump's press secretaries were so much better. They were so, they in lockstep oh, with the president. They were so much better, and they did a really good they did a really good job of kind of like explaining their way around things that Donald Trump said without ever saying that they were not really what he meant. And that's that's one of the big differences, right? Is that you have like Donald Trump would never stand for his. Uh, crew to come out afterwards and be like, "Yeah, that's not that's not really the White House's policy." Like, there's no way Donald Trump would ever stand for that. So that's 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 the big difference. But what I'm looking at as far as similarities is that, you know, uh, you and I are big fans of Jimmy Dore, and one thing that Jimmy Dore likes to say is that the reason that the establishment hated Donald Trump so much, he says this in uh, in one of his one of his stand up specials, uh, or one of his uh, podcast i don't remember but he he goes the reason the establishment hates donald trump so much is because he accidentally tells the truth No, he said that the stand-up we were at he did but he's also mentioned it on his podcast so and, and i think about that and i go yeah that's like it's really over it's it may be a little bit oversimplified but like it's it's right donald trump accidentally told the truth sometimes in the wrong ways but i look at this and i go joe biden does that too did you leave us, Corey? Are you gone? There you are. No, I'm still here. Oh. You did change cameras?
2: My shit's, my shit's all fucked up.
0: That's right. No, I'm still here. I can hear you. You sound a little tinny, but we're good. Um, but yeah, and, and here's here's one example that I wanted to give of Joe Biden kind of accidentally telling the truth. Um, I'm going to share my screen here real quick. Mr. President, first Detroit auto show in three years.
4: Yeah. Is the pandemic yeah. over? Uh-huh. The pandemic in, is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work.
0: Pandemic is over. Like that's Joe Biden accidentally telling the truth. Why is it accidentally telling the truth? Because the pandemic can't actually be over from a from a monetary perspective. Because if the pand- we, if the pandemic is over, uh, all the emergency use authorizations go away. There's no hundred thirty six si- executive order orders. Uh it honestly, if the pandemic is over, it makes his uh his um uh his student loan forgiveness really in peril if the pandemic is over. The emergency the emergency
4: authorization act. On it. Uh it's but the pandemic is over. If you notice no one's wearing masks, everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing and I think this is a perfect example of it.
1: The car show was a reminder that gasoline prices hit a historic high last June, in part (laughs) because Russia cut fuel supplies in its war on Ukraine. Mr. President, the price of gasoline is down about 26% from the
0: $5 high. Here's what you're not going to hear Joe Biden say. You're not going to hear Joe Biden say um, that us cutting back on getting our own oil supply is a huge reason why gas prices skyrocketed Um, His the record
2: low number of leases being, uh, um, his record number of leases for federal land, not being, uh, Actually, oh, fuck, I can't think of the word. There's a word I'm
1: trying to look for.
2: You That's know right. what I mean? My lot is getting the best of me. That's
0: right. Scott Pelley will help us out.
1: What can you do to keep that price down while Vladimir Putin is throttling
4: energy well, supplies? There's a couple things we've done. For example, remember I got some criticism for releasing a million yeah, barrels I'm of oil over. a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And then along came the industry saying they'd produce another million barrels a day by the spring. So I think we're in relatively good shape. Vladimir Putin is going to try to break your
1: will.
0: How many times did Scott Pelly just say Vladimir Putin right there? At oh, least four. More
2: than once. Yeah. Three more than once, less than 10.
0: One of the things that drives me nuts about 60 Minutes is like, I still, I'm one of those weirdos that still kind of enjoys watching 60 Minutes on a Sunday. It's like, it's like, um, how did my, I had a friend put it to me this way 60 Minutes is like the signal that the weekend is over, right? Like you got to start getting ready for work the next day. It's like an American staple. And, So many times they still do such great work, but so many times you get shit like this because Scott Pelley is talking to the president of the United States of America, and like he challenged him in this piece, like kind of just enough to make it seem like he was making things complicated. Yeah, but it it was just all like he he said Vladimir Putin more than goddamn Joe Biden did
4: on Ukraine and use energy prices to do it sure he is but you know we the united states are in much better shape than than anyone else is and relative to russia particularly but uh he's been trying that for a while he's not going to succeed
0: but want to oh, hold on wait a minute <laughs> i didn't i didn't stop that at the bat a
4: really bad time. than anyone else is and relative right. to russia <laughs> particularly but uh he's been trying think... that for a while he's not going to succeed <laughs> but i want to go to washington jump in fucking idiot is
0: is is there like a rule where Didn't we already go over this at the beginning of his presidency isn't there like a rule where he's not supposed to actually be driving a car yeah now he's inside a building with people walking around
2: (laughs) I would be terrified (laughs) if I saw our president behind the wheel of a car
0: grandpa Uh, I'm gonna move on to the next thing here where is it where are we at like 845 here we go
4: war is extremely high, but we're going to stay with them as long as they need our help.
1: You're already north of $15 billion in terms of those commitments. How far do you go?
0: To Ukraine. As
1: long as it takes. Ironclad commitment. Yes. As Ukraine succeeds on the battlefield, Vladimir Putin is becoming embarrassed and pushed into a corner.
0: So, with Joe Biden saying, as long as it takes... We know what that means. That means our taxpayer dollars being shipped to Ukraine. Our the the, we, the weapons that probably shouldn't exist but do, uh, that our tax our taxpayer dollars paid for being shipped to Ukraine. And it's not a matter of not being empathetic to the Ukrainian people. But when you say as long as it takes that's a really scary thing, I think, for Americans to hear.
1: Yeah. And I wonder, Mr. President, what you would say to him if he is considering using chemical or tactical nuclear weapons.
0: This is it. Don't.
1: <laughs> don't. Don't.
4: Don't.
0: Don't do this it. Is three times. Don't, don't, don't.
4: It will change the face of war unlike anything since World War II. And the consequences of that would be...
0: Oh, you mean when we use nuclear weapons? Sorry. I mean right. what? I'm what what you
4: what? What would the U.S.
0: response be?
4: you think I would tell you if I knew exactly what it you would think be? you think I'd tell you, Jack?
0: you think I'd tell you if I can remember? Of course I'm not going to tell
4: you. <laughs> it'll be consequential. They'll become more of a pariah in the world than they ever have been. And depending on the extent of what they do, it will determine what response would occur. Pay okay, the high...
0: I'm going, to move up. I'm going to move up to the this – is, this, is this is the last part I actually want to play.
1: Find it. Here we go. Your interview okay, runs into controversy. Ahead. What should Chinese President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan?
4: We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago, and that there's a one-China policy, and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving, we're not encouraging them being independent. We're not, that's their decision.
1: But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes, if in fact there was an unprecedented attack. Based After on our course. interview, a White House official told us U.S. policy we has about. not changed. Officially, <laughs> the U.S. will not say whether American forces would defend Taiwan. No but
0: they actually put it in the piece. <laughs> yeah, it cracks me up because like
2: he's constantly making gaffes and his press secretary is just doing a terrible job at trying to cover for him. Like just recently, what was it? That poor girl, Jackie something. I forget her last name from Indiana. I believe it was died in a car accident. And then there was recently a bipartisan bill. She was a, a Republican representative. And then just recently on TV, Biden, it was like talking about this bipartisan bill or this partisan, bill, bipartisan bill. And he goes, where's Jackie? He goes, where's Jackie? I want to thank her for this. And it's the girl that died. Yeah. And then instead of uh, the press secretary coming in and taking the L, she's like, there's a lot on Biden's mind about this. And it's just like, stop just covering for him.
1: The commander in chief had a view of his own. So unlike Ukraine, to be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion.
4: Yes.
0: Oh. For the first. Oh, yeah, I don't care. And then they go into the Trump shit. I don't give a fuck about that. But it's just like, do you, like, how does he, mm, he doesn't even realize what he just said. Doesn't even. No, he doesn't. He doesn't even realize what he just said. This is. mm, I don't know. I I've, I've lost it. I've lost all control of what <laughs> President Biden and his uh dangerous rhetoric, right? Cuz it was that was always the that was always the uh, the thing about Trump, right? Dangerous rhetoric, dangerous rhetoric, dangerous rhetoric. He goes, "If there's an unprecedented attack on T- Taiwan." Well, there's never been an attack on Taiwan, so any attack would be unprecedented. Am I wrong? No, you're right. We're good. Corey's squirming in the seat. He's got to piss like a piss. I'm good You saw that private chat. I was like, dude, I have to piss so bad. Corey, Corey's got to piss like a racehorse. Uh, close us out, Corey. Tell the people where they can find us. All right, I will. Don't be, <laughs> don't pee your pants. Libservative Podcast is found
2: on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is podpage.com slash Libservative. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at LibservativePub. You can find our transcripts at LibservativePodcast at wordpress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast and you can reach out directly at Libservativepod at gmail.com. I have been drinking so much because I have been swearing
0: (laughs) and I think we
2: should do this again because it's funny, but I really have to go to the bathroom. All right. Like, follow, share, tell a friend about the show. Take off. I'll close
0: it out. Until next time, he's been Corey Walsh. And he has been Dan Griffin. We have been Libservative and we are out of here.
3: We the people cannot turn back.